The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at. Like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Hello and good morning. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome into Follow the Money. Stormy Tony and Tim Murray in for Mitch and Polly today. I know you were holding down the fort with Sean King yesterday. Um, he and the family were both sick. You might get sick of me at the end of the next three hours, but you <laughs> will go home healthy. Never possible. Not so you got possible. that going for you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm glad to be joined by you. This is a different role. I'm sitting in the wrong seat, so I've got cords all over me you're so all, uh, you're all confused I'm discombobulated now. it's not because of the early morning hour it's because i'm just sitting in the wrong seat i'm a creature of habit but no fired up uh and uh hopefully things go better than uh my wake forest bet last night so uh well you uh, did have new mexico come through for you <laughs> yes. in that boise state game so yeah if you're uh if you're getting up early on the east coast you probably did not stay up late uh you should you should enjoy mountain west hoops in your life yes uh, absolutely and here we are it's that time of year we're getting close to, to march so New Mexico, I went back and forth. It was one of those days yesterday, Stormy, where when we had in pocket, I was going back and forth. I had a couple other thoughts. You know, ultimately, we have uh, a picks site uh, at VEASAN, VEASAN.com slash picks, where I I added another pick to it, which, of course, hit, and I didn't give it out in pocket, so that's just the way it goes. Um, But I had New Mexico last night, and New Mexico covered a good chunk of this game, but late in the game, they were on the wrong side. And you now you're Fallon, and all this is unfolding here. Boise State, Marcus Shaver, my hero, <laughs> who entered yesterday, Stormy, as a 77% free throw shooter, went one of seven from the line last night, including missing his last four free throw attempts. And we actually had the game on in studio. They were doing the replay of this game. I'm like, Stormy, you got to watch the end of this game. Because I had just recorded the... Uh, college basketball betting podcast with humans. And I'm sitting there, I'm kind of grumpy because Wake Forest didn't give me a chance last night. And I'm watching, I'm like, oh, great, here comes another loss. And sure enough, New Mexico down 82 to 74, Stormy, clumsily comes down the court. KJ Jenkins almost trips and falls, regathers himself, kicks to D- uh, Donovan Dent, and as you would know it, bottoms. 82-77, very important to some. Broncos win, Lobos cover. So hopefully the good fortune of how last night yeah. closed leads us into a good day today. <laughs> so uh, that was uh, the last thing I saw before going to bed, which made me a little happy. It was an outstanding end to the game if you had New Mexico. And we just watched, like Horrific you said, that last play. State. Yes, exactly. Horrific. Bad beats, which we will get into plenty of those and win some, lose some in a little bit. Also on the program today in about 45 minutes, Nigel Seeley is going to join us. VEASAN pro contributor, soccer handicapper, very big weekend in football coming up. Uh, then at 8.30, 
Paul Stone College Football Handicapper, the Paul Stone Sports Podcast. Yes, we are talking college football in February. Nothing wrong with that. Not about the draft this time either. Um, Our three, we'll have Eric Eager get into some NFL VP of Research and Development at Sumer Sports, and Keith Smith also in our three talk some NBA. Um, And uh, we are back from the All Star break officially tonight with a full slate of nine games ahead. I've also got an XFL preview for you, ladies and gentlemen. Week two of the XFL. Are we going to do the segment Stormy Explains the XFL? (laughs) Because there are certain aspects which I think are actually pretty cool from what I picked up from this weekend. But I need I need the expert. To tell everyone, wait, you can go for three points? Yes. Wait, you you don't have to actually onsides kick it. You could do something different. So uh, I do. I want to – I'm going to throw in a Stormy Explains the NFL. Real quickly, though, back to uh, Paul Stone, who I love and uh, always joins uh, Mitch and Paul during the football season. He reached out uh, via text yesterday and was like, hey, uh, I I'm in Louisiana and didn't know there would be college football game of the year lines out. So uh, you want me to come on and talk about it? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yes, absolutely. <please. laughs> uh, so yeah, Paul Stone, never too early, February 23rd, Stormy. He reached out and said, made a couple college football bets. And obviously, uh, have you, at what point do you start doing your college football prep for the upcoming year? You probably don't even know your crew, what your what your beat's going to be. Because two years ago, actually last year, I texted you because I'm a crazy person. I And I predicted your first three games when the time slots yes. came out. And you were on a completely different you beat got than you got week were. one right. got week one, which was... Uh, um, it was Oregon State, Boise State. You, I mean, you had a stretch where you were like either at BYU or Corvallis <laughs> yes. or Salt Lake City. Each and every like 1030 Eastern kickoff. I'm like, oh, there's Stormy. Yeah. So for anybody who doesn't know, well, um, <laughs> I, I host a show here at VEASAN, newly moving to the Lombardi line, by yes. the way, starting next Monday. Very excited about that. That'll be awesome. Hooking up with uh, Michael Lombardi five days a week. But I am also an ESPN college football and XFL reporter now. And two years ago, or I guess the 2020 season, I, because they did not have like the Pac-12 or any West Coast football that started until like November, Mm -hmm. um, I was just assigned like six straight BYU games. So can can we get Zach Wilson on the show? I feel like (laughs) your besties with Zach Wilson by now. We we got along great, and I feel bad because I was pumping the tires, something fierce, and I was on the (laughs) the bandwagon like crazy. Um, But yeah, and then and then the year after that, I was essentially all West Coast because I live here in Vegas. I did a ton of Pac-12 games, and then last year I just got shipped all over the country. I was doing the American, I was doing the ACC, I was doing like wherever they sent me I went so we'll see if there's any rhyme or reason to my schedule this year um but hey I want to go back to some college basketball because there were some crazy results last night um you mentioned your loss with Wake Forest I lost from essentially start to finish last night laying nine and a half with Virginia at Boston College they lose straight up 63 48 total stays under 125 um but this was just so ugly in so many ways, Tim, when I went into this game with the thought process that because they had had so many narrow victories against lackluster teams, you look at the win over Duke, over Louisville, over Notre Dame, yep. games that they're big favorites in that they should have. Well, the Duke game, they should have had no business covering. They get the cover, right? Because of the uh, missed whistle, missed foul on Filipowski that doesn't bring him to the line. They go to overtime. They get the cover. Overtime, of course, is where dogs go to die. And then, as you hit on, right, they, they followed it up by playing the worst Power 5 team in all of college basketball, Louisville, on the road as a 19-point favorite. They win by three. Then they come back home over the weekend. Uh, actually, there was some momentum uh, for, for Notre Dame to cover this game, Stormy. Mm-hmm. I think open 14-and-a-half, close 13. They win by two, and Notre Dame actually had a chance to win that game. And then, as you alluded to last night, uh, they go to Boston College, and what a... You know, you, you could look at it two ways. You could say, man, Anthony or Earl Grant has got things going there, which is fair for Boston College. But if you're Virginia, you have no business, no. let alone losing this game, Stormy, in the fashion that they did, losing by 15. And, you know, I, I tweeted this out. I mean, Virginia, you look at those three teams entering that game, Louisville 278 in Ken Palm, Notre Dame 171, and Boston College, 199. And then on the flip side, you look at what Virginia has done 
in their Ken Palm rating since uh, just looking at all those three games, Stormy. They entered the Duke game ranked 14th, stayed 14th, dropped three spots to the Notre Dame game, dropped six spots heading into the Boston College game, and then because of last night's performance, they dropped from 23 to 34 in the Ken Palm ratings. And here's the crazy part, heading into Saturday against UNC, mm-hmm. which is a absolutely must-win situation for UNC, who has zero quad one wins, they're going to probably be an underdog on the road at North Carolina, who has been the biggest disappointment in all of college basketball this year. The ACC, folks, is not very good no, this year. No, it's all Big 12. It's just all Big 12. Um, but The ACC, Stormy, is rated behind the Mountain West this year. <laughs> That that's not that's not an opinion. I'm not saying I think the ACC is worse than the Mountain West. It is a factual statement per the Ken Palm ratings. They are behind the Mountain West Conference in 2023. Stamp repeat. That is insane to even hear out loud. And um, don't worry, I had Virginia. I just I threw them in there <laughs> into a, you, a know, money line you know a little money and... line parlay and what could go wrong situation because. I knew UConn was going to win. I didn't really want to lay the seven and a half. I laid four in the first half, which is kind of a miraculous cover. I'm like, ah, you know, seven and a half. I'll just, I'll throw some other pieces in here to, to make sure, you know, it's what I get. It's what I get. You know, got too cute. That's what I always say. Um, I thought at least like Virginia's defense would stand tall, but allowed Boston college to shoot 52% from the floor. They were plus 14 in the paint. Um, They got to the paint against this nationally, like stout defense. Um, also, crazy game in Columbia, South Carolina last night between the Gamecocks and the number two team in the country in the Alabama Crimson Tide. Alabama barely pulling off the win in overtime despite being a 17-and-a-half-point favorite. And this is a game that yesterday on VEASAN Final Countdown I talked a lot about as either like you take the points or you avoid it altogether because of what's going on with the off-the-court issues with Alabama and with their freshman star, Brandon Miller. And then... <laughs> for all of the outside noise affecting seemingly everyone else on the team and the crowd and the way that like things are happening, he ends up having a 41-point day, a record for an Alabama freshman. And it's I just don't even understand how he's on the court, period, personally. That's my opinion, but it's not betting-related, but that's how I feel about it. It's just such a strange situation. Anyways, final score, 78-76. Yeah, a lot to get to, and I know we got to hit a break here, uh, but it is – the whole situation, it's not going away. And, you know, you got to think about long-term, what is the lasting impact on Alabama? Uh, Brandon Miller, uh, very much uh, involved in, in a shooting death of, uh, of, a, of, a, of a woman, a mother. And, uh, but he was phenomenal last night, but nowhere near covering. And you have to wonder if that's going to be kind of the how this thing rolls here as the yeah. season goes. We have win some, lose some coming up. We will dive into that a lot deeper. Uh, reminder, everybody, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for all things hoops and hockey this season. We've got the Tuesday hockey first goal insurance, Saturday hockey, same game parlay bet and get, the weekly pro basketball bet and get, and a whole lot more. BetRivers.com or download the app today. It's a whole new game. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. All right, sports fans, remember, just because the NFL season has come to an end doesn't mean there's not a ton of action out there, and Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for it all. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. You can join them each week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get. They've got the weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and a whole lot more. Again, BetRivers.com, or you can download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Stormy Tony and Tim Murray in for Mitch Moss and Polly Howard getting some well-deserved vacation. Nailed it, by the way. Super Bowl. Nailed it. Thank you. I'm learning how to read pieces of paper much better these days. <laughs> um, there is a big soccer weekend, though, coming up in the Premier League. So to help us break it all down, we'll bring in good friend of the show, Nigel Seeley. Catch a lot of his work as a Beeson Pro contributor, soccer handicapper on Twitter, at Seeley underscore Nigel. Welcome in, Nigel. How are you this morning? I'm very well. Good morning. Very nice to see you there smiling at the other camera rather than Paulie Howard, I must admit. So that's, made my, that's made my day already. See, I'm surprised you, you say that. People, people get us mixed Paulie. up a lot. We look pretty similar, that is I true. thought. Yeah. <laughs> no comment on that. No comment. <laughs> well, excited to have you on and get into uh, what's going to be a very busy and exciting Saturday and Sunday. Um, take us through the action in the Premier League. And obviously, you've been hot lately. So what you're looking at from an odd standpoint. Yeah, well, it's obviously a very, very exciting week in the Premier League. There's not many fixtures this week. It's not a full card because there's a, a cup final in England, which we'll come on to a little bit later. I'll explain a little bit about that. So there's uh, four teams that are not playing this week on the card. So it's a, sort of a, a limited amount of matches on in the Premier League this weekend. But it doesn't mean the quality isn't there. There's a lot of quality there, a lot of good games to be had. Uh, we have a very exciting title race over in England this year on the Premier League. Usually... One or two teams have it dominated, and it's usually very, very one-sided. But this year, we have a really, really exciting race to the title uh, with a few months to go between Manchester City and Arsenal. And both matches, both of them are in action this weekend, and I have a play in both of those games. So let's start with Manchester City, who travel to probably the weakest team in the Premier League uh, on their spend and their roster, and that is Bournemouth. Uh, Manchester City are the biggest spenders in world soccer. Uh, and if you look at the, the spend on the two players, one team is in the billions and the other team probably, if you added all the transfer costs, probably cost about £20 million, which is a lot of money, but it's not going to be able to compete against Manchester City this week. Manchester City have had two indifferent performances in European uh, it's the Champions League last night. They drew 1-1 with Leipzig in Germany. And at the weekend in the Premier League, they drew 1-1 with a team in the bottom half of the table, Nottingham Forest. It wasn't a good performance by Manchester City, but the one thing that Manchester City do whenever they have a bad performance is they bounce back and they bounce back well. Uh, they're proven winners. They've won so many competitions in England in the, in the Cups and in their domestic league. And I know they know how to bounce back. They're winners. Uh, they're a very low pr- favourite on the road here, minus about minus $4. Uh, you, I think you can get about minus three with some books. Uh, it's. I never like betting teams at minus three or minus four dollars on the road. I think I don't like betting them at home either. But on the road, I think it's quite difficult. <laughs> yeah. But the bet I like here is I like them to cover, cover the one and a half goal handicap. I think they'll win by more than two goals. Um, they played Bournemouth earlier on in the season uh, and they won four nil. So they won, they won that cover that easier. And in the history of this fixture, uh, Bournemouth have never beaten Manchester City ever. Um, in in over over sort of 30, 40 matches that they, these two sides have played. So a very, very heavy favourite, but I think Man City cover that. Uh, Leicester-Arsenal is the next game I want to talk about. Arsenal obviously involved in Manchester City for the race at the top of the Premier League title. Leicester aside struggling in the mid-table. But one thing that Arsenal are doing, they're conceding goals. In their last six Premier League games, or last six games, they've conceded a goal. 
Uh, Leicester conceded loads of goals. They've conceded 36 goals this season in the Premier League, which is the highest in the Premier League. But they're the top goal scorers in the bottom half of the table. So offensively, they're very, very good. Defensively, they're about as much use as a chocolate uh, kettle. So um, I think there's goals in this game. I would expect both teams to score. I think um, you, you, you're going to be a very exciting game if you can catch that match. Both teams to score, yes, is minus 130. And that's the bet for me. And my final bet in the Premier League is Everton against Aston Villa. Uh, Everton are a side languishing towards the bottom of the Premier League. They're a club in England with huge history. They've won league titles, cup competitions, and European titles in the past, but they're a side that are languishing towards the bottom of the table. They're not having a great season. They've got a new manager, and betters want to get with teams when they have a new manager. They expect a change in fortunes. But Everton have only won two of their last 12 matches. They've lost nine of them as well. And Aston Villa, although they've lost their last three games, the opposition has been strong. They've lost to Leicester, they've lost to Arsenal, and they've lost to Manchester City. Prior to that, they won three on the road. And I think Aston Villa here are a bit underrated by the books. I want the draw as an insurance. I want the tie as an insurance. So I'm going to go for Aston Villa, draw no bet this week at plus money, 105 against an Everton side. I think I've been massively overrated by the bookmakers. We're talking to Nigel Seeley. He joins the guys each and every week. You can follow him on Twitter at Seeley underscore Nigel. He's a VEASAN contributor, soccer handicapper, as he just went through the Premier League on Saturday. But you were talking to us a little bit, Nigel, during the break about, you know, the unique event that is going on on Sunday. Wembley Stadium said it's a hot ticket in town over there, a cup final. So we have Man U and Newcastle. So, uh, A, what... You know, I guess let people know what this you know event is on on Sunday and why it's so unique. And then, secondly, is there something that you like? Is there actionable uh, things in this cup final on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, over here in England, we have a league competition, and obviously, the teams that win the league and win the Premier League, and the teams that finish in the bottom three get relegated to a lower league, and the teams move up. Very dis- not at all like your system where you have a franchise. We have lower leagues and lower leagues where people move up the, the ladder. Um, but also, we have cup competitions. So, all the teams in all the different leagues get drawn in a cup competition. And they get the final is a prestigious game again at, at Wembley Stadium. And we've got our League Cup final this weekend, which involves two very, very high-profile teams in this, in this country. Manchester United, probably one of the biggest names, if not the biggest name in world soccer, against Newcastle United, a team with a passionate fan base, a team that for years and years and years, the last 10 years, have, haven't had any success really whatsoever. But now they're really doing well. And they do, and they've made made a final. The last time uh, Newcastle won a domestic trophy in England was 67 years ago, so it's been a very, very long time. And they're a very hugely popular team with their supporters. So the ticket is is uh, is is going for crazy money, a bit like your Super Bowl tickets that you have over there. Um, I, I'm very lucky to have my own two seats at Wembley, and uh, I, I've been inundated with calls and uh, <laughs> I bet. questions from people. But I, but I, I promised them to a friend of mine months and months ago from Manchester United got this, so uh, he, he's going on my behalf. But uh, this game is quite interesting because Manchester United have a really big game tonight, a huge game this evening, and they play Barcelona, uh, it, the Spanish Giants, at, at Old Trafford at home in the Europa League. Now, to play Barcelona on a Thursday and then play at Wembley in a cup final on a Sunday is not ideal preparation. You don't you don't want that kind of rest. You want to work your tactics. You want a week before the big game. You, you, that's a very, very short window in a high-intensity game against Barcelona, which is a huge match this evening. So that's not ideal for Manchester United. But on the flip side for that, so that would you would think that would be advantage for Newcastle. But on the flip side for that, Newcastle last weekend... Uh, against Liverpool, their goalkeeper uh, was sent off. He was dismissed from the pitch for handball. He held, he held, he, he, he handled the ball outside the area, and he was shown a, a red card. Now that means the goalkeeper is suspended for this cup final, so he cannot play. The second choice goalkeeper is not eligible because he's already played in this competition for another team. So they have to go down to their third choice goalkeeper. So however much you might look at the fixture backlog for Manchester United and look at negatives for that, you've also got to look at the fixture backlog. Uh, so you look at the suspension for the goalkeeper for Newcastle. So I think it cancels out. I think from a purist point of view, I don't expect it to be that much of an exciting cup final because Manchester United need a cup win to get 
they're, they're, they're a club that haven't been in the, uh, the the top echelons of English football for, for for a few years, and they want to win a cup competition for their new manager. And Newcastle, as I said, going that long time, 67 years without a trophy, I think nerves are going to be important, mm. uh, play a big factor here. So I, I think this is going to be a very, very close game. Newcastle are probably one of the best defence in the Premier League. Manchester United have a, a goal-scoring Marcus Rashford, who's on fire scoring goals every week. But I think they're going to cancel each other out. I think if you're looking for a neutral bet here and you want some action on the cup final on Sunday afternoon, I think you've got to go under two and a half goals. Cup finals aren't usually traditionally the most exciting matches because nerves play a big part. And I think these two sides, for differing reasons, they both got the distractions. They both come in it yeah. in a bit of a cloud. But most importantly, uh, it's a big, big match for both of them to get some silverware after a long time without silverware. So I'm going to go for a lean towards under two and a half goals in the cup final between Manchester United and Newcastle at Wembley on Sunday. The under there, a short turnaround for Man U and nerves there for Newcastle. Love the perspective. You are awesome, Nigel. I'm very big of you to give up your seats. Thanks for the time. (laughs) No problem. Take care. Nigel Seeley again at Seeley underscore Nigel. When we come back here on Follow the Money for Hour 2, getting back to the other football. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on v Stormy Stormy Tony and Tim Murray in for the guys on today's Thursday edition of Follow the Money. Remember, as football season comes to a close, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is the place to be for all things hoops and hockey. Bet Rivers has you covered for every line, odd, and boost. You can join them each week for new promotions like the Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Saturday Hockey Same Game Parlay Bet and Get, Weekly Pro Basketball Bet and Get, and more. Check out BetRivers.com or download the Bet Rivers app. It's a whole new game. Excited to welcome into the program Eric Eager, VP of Research and Development over at Sumer Sports, at Eric Eager underscore. Welcome in. Very important question off the top. Do we know any word Aaron Rodgers come out of the darkness yet? What's up? <laughs> I, I was going to. I, was it like Groundhog Day? Like I don't know. Like what? What kind of like cultural reference do we make for this guy? He's sort of like a one in a million uh, chance. Like I, I don't know. I, um, I think my guy has been just playing in a town of ninety thousand people for far too long. I think he just needs to escape. And and I, I, I tend to think that he's going to leave uh, and, and go to the Big Apple. And maybe he'll regret it, but uh, it'll certainly be a spectacle. Well, I, I think a natural follow-up to that is, okay, so then you are under the belief that the Jets are completely waiting then to see what the trade options would be for Aaron Rodgers. And even though they think Derek Carr could Hall be of fame, a baby. Hall of Famer on the first ballot and take them to a Super Bowl, they're still going to hold out for Aaron. I think you have to, right? I mean, the this this sort of song and dance has been done before with like kind of mid-tier quarterbacks. And I, I know Carr has had his moments before, but you look at a guy who's played in one playoff game in his career, uh, he's kind of firmly in that like Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill kind of group. And that, you know, I, I, I know that there's a like an urge to just try to get to average a quarterback if you're a team like the Jets, but, you know, that would be kind of trying to win the 2022 season. They have to try to win the 2023 season which is going to have injuries on the defensive side, which is going to have, you know, regression by Garrett Wilson and stuff. And you need a quarterback that's going to be able to overcome that. So if they're smart, I think they're going to shoot for the moon with Rodgers. And look, he it could be spectacularly bad. Like, it, it could be an absolute train wreck. But I think if he could, you know, th- his numbers last season were a lot like Tom Brady's numbers uh, the year before Tom Brady left New England for Tampa Bay. So there's, there is like, I, I think some precedent for just going for it. And, you know, if you're in the AFC East, you're not winning with a quarterback that can't really touch Josh Allen. Right. So uh, I think they have to go after Rodgers, And I think that that that's probably what they're waiting out for uh, over the next few weeks. Chat once again with Eric Eager at Eric Eager underscore on Twitter from Sumer Sports. Uh, make sure to follow all their work there. And, and that leads me into Derek Carr, right? Uh, and you put out some interesting numbers regarding how he's played in inclement weather. If you go to New York, look, you're playing in Buffalo. You're playing uh, every home game at MetLife Stadium where it could get cold in November, December, and January. And then also you're going to Foxborough, depending on you know when that game ultimately is. So when you look at Derek Carr, and, and I've made the point all week here on the show, Eric, 
Carolina, New Orleans, those type of spots make a ton more sense. You know, if you're Derek Carr and you're advising him, what is the best situation for him, in your opinion? Yeah, you have to go somewhere where the competition isn't as stiff, right? So you talk about the NFC South with New Orleans. Now, I don't know if New Orleans has the money, and I don't know. Like, they always seem to just kick the can down the road. But Carolina, you know, sitting there with pick number nine, um, I know that there is some, you know, uh, scuttle that they'll move up and get one of the the top quarterbacks with the trade. Um, but when you look at them, like, they could very well be the Detroit Lions of the 2023 season, where you have an easier schedule, um, you have a, a team full of solid players, DJ Moore, Brian Burns, JC Horn, uh, guys like that. And you you insert kind of just a like a Jared Goff type quarterback there and you can have success. And and you look at their coaching staff, Frank Reich's terrific, Ejiro Evro, the defensive coordinator that came over from Denver. Everybody thinks about Denver as a disaster last year, but their defense is really good. And, and so I, I think, you know, if Carr wants to win, Carolina is probably his best choice. I just wonder, you know, if you look at Frank Reich's history in Indianapolis, it's, you know, it's Philip Rivers, it's Carson Wentz, it's Matt Ryan. And like that kind of was what got him fired. So does he really want to go back with a retread kind of mid-tier quarterback or does he want to just draft and develop a guy for the first time in his career? I think that they're going to probably go for the latter as opposed to Carr. But if you're Carr, you want to go somewhere in the NFC mm -hmm. where you're going to have an opportunity to make the playoffs because the AFC is just too stacked. And there's just a bunch of quarterbacks that 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 out, outpace him, especially relative to what he costs. Yeah, you want to go to the NFC and, I mean – particularly even if it's not Carolina, maybe the NFC South because that is a division that's so winnable and three of at least the four teams are very quarterback needy, hence why the Saints are three to one, Bucks plus 450 and Panthers five to one to earn Carr's services. I just feel like Derek Carr gets a bad rap for being like this particularly mediocre quarterback when he's had a really bad defense for essentially his entire career. I think that he's overcome a lot of just like, I mean, six head coaches, all of the off the field stuff that's been there. Granted, I know like still need to win a playoff game here, but I think that whoever does end up getting Derek Carr does ultimately like move up a, a significant bit with his services. Yeah, I, I I maybe disagree only because okay. I think once the quarterback makes that much money, it, it cascades down the roster, right? So like that that so yes, I do agree that like he has had bad circumstances. I do wonder if his salary is what creates those circumstances because you're not able to afford a great defense, and then everything is on the back of the draft. Now the Raiders have had to your to your point just catastrophically bad drafts. Damon Arnett, Henry Ruggs. Uh, you know, Alex Leatherwood. I'm just thinking about all of those. And then, of course, like he was really good with with John Gruden. And, and that's like the part of obviously we don't want to talk about because of the emails and everything that was so bad about his character. But John Gruden and Derek Carr were starting to build something great. And then he leaves mm -hmm. and everybody thought McDaniel was an upgrade and he really wasn't. And so I get what I get what you're saying. I just think relative to price it's just so hard for a guy like Derek Carr to add value because he's going to cost in the area of 30 to 40 million and you know when you only make 6 million less than Patrick Mahomes but you're way worse than 6 million mm -hmm. worse than him it's just hard <laughs> to compete that's a very fair argument and then it just reinforces the fact that Daniel Jones you're not getting 45 million dollars a year buddy it's just not happening some I, I I I agree with you I think that that's it's so hard you know, and with Jones, like you're seeing incremental improvement, but every year and, you know, he's tough as nails. I think he you know, runs the ball really well, but you're the Giants. You got two top picks, your 2018 top picks, Saquon Barkley and him are both up for contracts. Um, and the problem is, is obviously you can't keep both. I, I think analytics would say keep the quarterback, but the quarterback isn't good enough to warrant the even the, the $45 million non or sorry exclusive tag is just way too much again Patrick Mahomes makes 46 million APY you're telling me Daniel Jones is going to give you a value making 1 million less than that it just it just seems bad on its face but if you're the Giants you're like well we just got to the playoffs and now you're going to ask us to reset it kind of feels similar to where Buffalo was in 2018 when they decided to leave you know let Tyrod Taylor go after a playoff appearance and, and move on with Josh Allen in the draft and that ended up okay I think a lot of teams are scared of that, though. We're chatting once again with our good friend Eric Eager. Follow him on Twitter, at Eric Eager underscore. Eric, you know uh, Kansas City quite well. You do a lot of radio there in the Kansas City market. Uh, Washington, my hometown, 
uh, brings in Eric Bieniemy. He'll be introduced to the media later on this morning. What do you envision Bieniemy bringing to the Commanders? You know, this week has has kind of been odd, right? You've seen LaShawn McCoy come out and be negative, but then others have have been positive. So Eric Bieniemy to Washington. How does this play out, and is this ultimately the the right move for Bieniemy career wise? Well, it is the right move for Bianami career-wise because, you know, the hard part about coaching, you look at Jonathan Gannon, you look at Shane Steichen, two guys whose teams elevated themselves substantially. That was their platform year. They get jobs. Bianami's platform year was 2018, and Mahomes becomes MVP, and he doesn't get a head coaching job. And then for the next few years, he's just, like, treading water. Uh, you know, I think Washington gives him the opportunity, you know, with a young quarterback, really solid receiving core. Like, Jahan mm-hmm. Dotson was fabulous last year when he was healthy. Uh, you know, Terry McLaurin uh, is is great as well. You have the Brian Robinson at running back. Uh, I, I believe Antonio Gibson will be back as well. Like you have weapons there, a decent offensive line. I think Bianami can have some success. I He does coach people hard, which is why, you know, some guys come out afterwards and say they don't like him. Uh, there's a lot of rumors that he at times spar with Patrick Mahomes, which was you know, one of the, you know, things that maybe uh, was beneath the surface there. He was Adrian Peterson's running back coach when he won the MVP. Uh, so he's like, a you know, he's coached really superstar talented players. Uh, I think the question is, and like this is, this kind of gets to one of the thorny issues here is running backs coaches and running backs in the NFL have, have always struggled as play callers in the NFL mm-hmm. empirically. And so the question becomes like, can he overcome that? Now, he's been with Reed for half a decade. So I, I'm assuming a lot of that has rubbed off on him. I, I would I would say that he'll have some success. The question is, is how well can Sam Howell, you know, really play? And and that's that's the question for Washington that that is basically bigger than any other question that they have. Yeah, and you look at that division. You got Philadelphia. They're not going anywhere. Dallas, there's always questions. We just mentioned, you know, New York as well. And I think that's kind of the underrated factor uh, e here, we only have a minute, is there is a lot of pieces on this offense, and if you get the right you know, person kind of puppeteer there, and if Eric Bieniemy is that guy, I think Washington has the potential to you know, be a playoff team in 2023. Oh, absolutely. And you look even at Philadelphia, who's an absolute house, but they, they have like 20 free agents, and, and they can't keep all of them. Um, you know, so they're going to probably have that Super Bowl loser regression uh, that you see there. Dallas is, as you said, up and down. They lose Kellen Moore, who I think is actually a fairly you know important piece for them. Uh, and yeah, I, I actually think, I mean, I think that they could be a playoff team. I, if they if they put their win total at anything under, under eight in the marketplace, I think it's an auto over, uh, I think, for anybody who wants to bet that. Hey, Eric, really awesome stuff. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me on, uh, and have a good one, everybody. You too. Eric Eager, great stuff over there at Sumer Sports. Again, follow him at Eric Eager underscore. And it's so – this offseason is just going to be so interesting, what teams ultimately do, how they come out. I feel like – I didn't think last year's offseason could be topped, but it just might be. It's only February 23rd. We've had all (laughs) of this shenanigans going on. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. Welcome to Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. This week, I'm talking to the one and only Ryan Seacrest. Love the connection to people. I think at the core, what I get excited about, what gets me up in the morning, is connecting with people. In an unscripted, unvarnished way, is getting to, to say something to them, hear back from them, 
know that I'm part of the routine, and I look forward to getting on the air. I look forward to it. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Follow the Money on v Rolling along here on a Thursday morning, Stormy Bond and Tony and Tim Murray live from Circa Resort and Casino, holding down the fort for the guys, getting some well-deserved time off after the Super Bowl. I need to work that into my contract, by the way. <laughs> Genius. Um, you just decided to add more work, work in the yeah, XFL, I'm traveling across the country, you know. I don't know why I do this to myself. I'm one of those. Um, as the uh, the All-Star break, though, comes to a close, we have hoops back on our screen today in the association to help us talk over what to expect here in the quote-unquote second half of the season. <laughs> Keith Smith, uh, the NBA front office show contributor to SpotTrackCelticsBlog.com. Keith, welcome in, and congrats to your BC Eagles on the upset last night. I know you tweeted, if only these things translated to non-ranked opponents as well, but it's coming. I love it. I love the enthusiasm. Anything can happen in the ACHC tournament. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's, uh, you know, that, that, being an NBA guy, I don't get to do too much college basketball. So it's the all-star break and then the conference tournaments because those are on during the day. So I'm super excited to see, uh, see if my Eagles can make a little run here. But but they're figuring it out. They're, they're getting better. So we'll, we'll, we'll be back in the tourney eventually. Absolutely. As we turn the page to the NBA, though, and – the Boston Celtics, who are the favorite to win it all, the bell of the ball. It seems like the Eastern Conference specifically, really a two-horse race with the Celtics and Milwaukee Bucks. Ideally for the Bucks, Giannis ends up being okay, and that wrist is fine. But is that the way that you see the Eastern Conference, or is is there another kind of darling that could work their way up here? Yeah, I think with all due respect to Philadelphia and Cleveland and maybe Miami, they're always kind of lurking there. I, I think the Celtics and the Bucks are the class of not only the East, I think they're the class of the entire league. I, I think they're the two best teams in the NBA. I think uh, you know Denver's played well, but they, they've got to prove that they can get it done in the postseason. The Bucks have done that. The Celtics have done that. So I think those two teams are really you know poised here to make a big run. But as you mentioned with Giannis and the wrist, it's going to because there's no dominant, overwhelming favorite this year, I think matchups and health are going to matter more than ever in these playoffs. We're talking once again to Keith Smith. You can follow him on Twitter, at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, you know, it's it's kind of like we joked about Colorado and college football, how we're talking about a 1-11 football team. I mean, we talk so much about the Los Angeles Lakers, who are currently <laughs> in 14th place in the Western Conference, but... Uh, they're back on the floor tonight. They play the Warriors. We did get a glimpse, even though LeBron wasn't on the floor with them, of the new-look Lakers. So a couple games out of the play-in tournament, what are your expectations of this Lakers team, and do you believe ultimately they can win enough games, and they're only two games back right now, to get into the play-in tournament here? I think they can get into the play-in tournament. I don't know that they're going to get into that top six in the assured playoffs. I know everybody likes to say, well, you know, they're only three games out or whatever, but that misses a couple key points of contact for me is one, we're down only about 20, 25 games left for most of these teams. So when you're in that kind of window, that's not a lot of time to make up three and four game deficits. The other thing is they're 13th in the conference. They've got to jump six other teams just to get up to six. So that's probably not going to happen either, but, Playing tournament, yeah, I think Utah and, and Oklahoma City both made the trades at the trade deadline that signal they're probably more moving towards development the rest of the season and those kind of things. And then that means just you got to overtake the Portland Trailblazers, and they've been wildly inconsistent. So I think the Lakers still have a chance to get into the playing tournament, and then you kind of go from there and see what happens. Keith, when the news came down that Kevin Durant was going to join the Phoenix Suns, the market moved instantly and the Suns became the favorite in the West and the second shortest shot to win the whole thing. In your mind, does his addition move him that dramatically or is there another team in the West that really stood out to you? I, I think it 
does, but I think the key for Phoenix is obviously Kevin Durant needs to be healthy. Seems like there's something every year. Now, maybe he's already gone through that. He's going to return here, it sounds like, in about a week or so. And then Chris Paul always seems to have something happen when we get late into the season or sometimes even into the postseason. So if those two guys are healthy, they've got all the pieces to make a big run. But Denver's going to be tough. You know, and mm-hmm. Phoenix has made their path somewhat hard. They're going to probably have to go to Denver, maybe to Memphis. We'll see what that looks like. Those are two teams that play really well at home, so we'll see what that uh, looks like there for the Suns on the road. But they, they gave themselves a chance, and it's a better chance than the one that they had you know, a couple weeks ago before trading for Kevin Durant. We're talking once again at Keith Smith, uh, at Keith Smith NBA on Twitter. Golden State, uh, they get news that Steph Curry's going to be reevaluated here in, a co- in a, I think, a week or so, mm-hmm. so still going to be out. Um, you know, it's it's a big what if, right? When you look at this team, Keith, where they sit in the standings, sitting at eighth. But if they could pull it all together, if they can get healthy, I think there's a lot of people that believe, okay, they can make a run and return to the NBA Finals. How worried are you, though, overall, just with the uncertainty of Steph? Can you see yourself backing the Warriors, knowing that there is this massive question mark regarding their superstar and Steph Curry? Yeah, let, let me come back on your show in a couple weeks and see how it's going then, right? It's a, that's it. It, it. You know, if they're missing him, they're not. They, they might still be a playoff team, but they're not going to go, you know, any further than the first round, and that's if they even win in the playing tournament. He is the guy who really makes them a special team and drives everything for the Warriors. So I think the challenge becomes, if you're Golden State, is you have made your path extremely difficult because – Again, another team maybe getting into that top six, maybe, and that's got to be their goal, right? You have to be pushing that. They just announced uh, yesterday Clay Thompson's going to play back-to-backs the rest of the way. So they're hopefully going to be more healthy here as soon as they get Steph back, but they've got to win. They can't afford any more of these, uh, we're just going to throw these couple games away. That, that's, that's plagued them all year. And what that's done is the playing tournament, as the Warriors know from a couple years ago, it's a kind of scary place because it's the closest thing we have to the NCAA tournament in the NBA as far as a pseudo-single elimination uh, place. So you have a bad shooting night or a bad defensive night, all of a sudden your season's over and you're going home. So they got to figure that out. But even from there, then you're going to be on the road for every single series you play. You're going to be playing all the best teams. That starts to become a major challenge. So that's something that I think we're going to have to really see the Warriors kind of come together here, push up the standing a little bit, try to avoid that play and give themselves just a slightly easier path moving forward. And they've still got the ability because that Western Conference is so compact. Keith Smith, NBA insider and writer. Make sure you check out the NBA front front office show. And a team that I was really excited about recently, Keith, in the uh, Los Angeles Clippers. I'm not so sure I'm excited about them anymore with the addition of Russell Westbrook. Can you talk me off a ledge a little bit? Why could he be a good addition? And do you actually believe it? Yeah, you know, we, we all like to say, you know, well, if Russ comes in and does this, 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 and this, and there are things that 15 years into his career he's never done, and I don't know why. <laughs> exactly, yes. Happened. You know, I, I think it was Zach Lowe had a great stat the other day about how he set a career high with um, on-ball screens this season, and it's like one per game. So that's a, that's a problem, right? So now, on the good news, the Clippers are a very perimeter-based team. They don't get into the lane very much. They don't have a lot of off-the-dribble creation. Those are things Russell Westbrook can bring to them. He'll push pace. He'll push tempo. But the reality is, unless they're going to go to that five-out grouping with probably Marcus Morris or Nick Batum playing the five, you can't play Russ on the floor with Mason Plumlee and with Avita Zubac because you're just not going to have enough shooting. It gives the defense too many places to help off of, and it'll be a challenge. So I, I, I want to believe. I want to believe it might work out, but it's kind of getting to be that old Arrested Development meme where it's, you know, well, it never worked out for those people, but maybe it'll work out for us. Like It feels like we're kind of living in that world. That's the perfect way to put it. You know, Keith, when you look at Memphis and, you know, it, it, it's it's funny because I thought, you know, last year when they make the run, uh, this is going to be the team that everyone's going to be behind. It almost feels like now, even though they're sitting there second in the Western Conference, people are, are, are finding ways to, to to discredit them a little bit. Can we trust this Memphis team heading into, you know, the stretch run here and the postseason? 
sitting there at second, but you know, if they ultimately go up against Golden State, which I'm sure TV execs would love in a first-round matchup, and Steph is healthy, that's that's quite the challenge that they would have to face <laughs> if that were to be the way it played out. Yeah, especially after playing in last year's right. playoffs where it kind of went the other way with John Moranto. I think the Grizzlies, the way I've been thinking about them is they, they've become that team where everybody loved them the last couple of years because they were shiny, they were new, they were fun, they were young, and, and everybody's like, oh, man, this team, you know, they're, they're young and they're brash, and they're talking trash to LeBron, and, you know, this is awesome. And now we're in year three of it, and everybody's like, yeah, I'm over it. You're, you're not fun. You're not, you know, new anymore. You haven't won anything. Why do you talk so much? And for me, I tend to still be the same way. They're still a young team that's going to, you know, do their thing. I think they had a really good addition at the trade deadline that a lot of people don't talk about in Luke Kennard because they needed to get another knockdown shooter on that roster, especially uh, on those nights when they're going to go a little smaller and they're going to maybe move Jaron Jackson Jr. over. So I think Memphis has a chance to be, be a you know tough team here down the stretch. Keith, thank you so much for the time. Appreciate you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Keith Smith, NBA insider and writer. Great stuff at Keith Smith NBA. When we come back, recapping the night in sports betting on the court and on the ice. Don't go anywhere. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.